get me? In the garage with phonetics and brains. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, mate. I still can't hear that jingle without chuckling. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Welcome back to In the Garage. I am Brains, live from the Brains Cave. I am Phonetics, uh, over here without a mic on. Still, um, maybe next time. Technically, you're armed. If you're watching on YouTube, you, you get the pleasure of watching me kind of awkwardly manhandle this microphone for the next hour. It's cool. With the cap, it's very, like, kind of 90s, I think. I don't know why. It's kind of good, like... I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, I mean, like a boy band or something in a studio recording some dodgy pop tune. Absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it. Great to see you, mate. Been a... Been a oh well. You too, mate. Mate, spoke for, like, a month. How's, how's things been? Oh, good. Yeah, same old, same old. Another busy month. I know yeah. you've been busy too, haven't you? That's probably why we haven't spoke. We've both just been like head down, cracking on. Oh, I've been chasing puppies and, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> thanks, Mrs. Brains, for that. I was going to say literally, that's that's because that sound that came across like a, like some sort of euphemism there. Oh, yeah. Just, just no. for clarity, you have literally it, been chasing puppies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not prison slang. I, I am a proud um, warden of a hell beast is the only way that I can say um, I think we still we need to get this beast involved in the podcast in some fashion. There's no way I could get her in here and then not be a problem for the rest of it. That's the only. It's it logistically is crazy, um, but it's definitely been a good couple of weeks in garage. Um, uh, there's been a lot, a lot of music. What I think, I think uh, yeah. the result of the lockdown is now seems to be dropping in the shops and like absolutely ridiculous amount of music coming out so much a lot of labels had a bit of a backlog i know that some of the stuff i signed about this time last year is now coming out so they they've obviously been working through the lockdown stuff but yeah as you say it's it's great because it just means we're inundated i had a hard task picking out another three again in fact obviously we mentioned last time the uh the the in the garage recommends playlist on spotify and i would highly recommend for anybody that is listening to the podcast to make sure you go and check that out after you've listened to the podcast because um, obviously we're picking our top three each, but actually we've got a raft of tunes that we'd like to play uh, and obviously they've gone on the, pop, on, the, on the playlist. And I was I had it in the background the other day, actually, and it's a real nice listen. It's just a nice assorted, obviously I would say that I'm slightly biased, but it's just a reflection of what's out in a minute, do you know what I mean? And, and there's a real nice assortment of, of decent high quality well-produced material so it's well well worth uh, getting on board with um quick subscribe link to that is in the uk garage.com forward slash recommends forward is that slash right? recommends yeah, that's the one. Yeah. some genius set that up thank you <laughs> um right yeah so i mean we always end up waffling way way too much so should we just jump straight into our first section of seeing what's hot right now the uh, the top three showdown we actually, I'm, I'm really excited to, to be able to play this, this first one, actually, because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this actually dropped last kind of August, September as part of uh, 440's um, 10 Years of 440 compilation. Oh, okay. And I think because it was, as you see, you're, you're now trying to guess what it is. I'm gonna, is, is, it, uh, is it Patrick Kane? Oh, yeah. I spoiled, I spoiled it already. <laughs> well, well, good guess. We well, see... I, I've been I've been pissed about the fact that track wasn't getting more props, and I think it just basically fell due to the fact that it was it almost got a little bit lost within the amount of tunes they put out at the time. And that's not a criticism of them because it was a big compilation, but I felt like the track deserved more props. And actually, when we were doing the first episode of this, it was first on my list of tunes I wanted to talk about, and then I was kind of like, oh well, 
it's been it's been around seven several months and there was kind of newer stuff that kind of it seemed more fitting to to give props to so i'm really pleased that 440 have actually kind of taken the initiative to do a single release for this track now uh, and i think it's been out what a week or two sort of officially as a single uh, and it seems to be popping up on a few more playlists and, and getting the props it deserves um so it's all good and i'm going to stop waffling and play it now because otherwise <laughs> we're never going to get around to it are we Absolutely Almost fantastic. feel guilty turning that one down. Was it was enjoying that. It's yeah. um, it's oh, it's it's like sonic chaos, but I mean that in a, in a sort of complimentary way, in a, in a good way. Do you know what I mean? Like you could you could say sonic chaos about a lot of a lot of tracks because they're just too cluttered. But like he's found a way to get loads of elements and create a really unique and interesting texture. Um, but it doesn't sound cluttered. It just it just sounds right. It just feels good, and it's it's just got such a nice vibe to it. You know when that. That high high synth comes in just just there as well. It's just like the arrangements spot on. It just keeps moving and progressing as it goes through. Um, I do have a gripe with it. I do have a gripe. <laughs> Go on. I, I do have a gripe. I, I always have a gripe, don't I? Um, it's so it takes quite a while to build up. So it's about a minute before it drops, which is fine because you've got a bit of room to to queue up and, and, and get it mixed in and that. And then it plays for about forty five seconds there, forty five seconds to a minute, and then it's got this breakdown again, and then it's another like. It's like well over a minute before it kind of drops again. Um, and I always kind of take, it kind of reminds me of those old Armour Van Helden tunes. I love them, they're bangers, but like they have a breakdown in the middle and everyone's just stood there kind of going, right, I'm going to go to the bar. Do you know what I mean? Because cause you can't, you can't, what, what can you do? What can you do? That's my one gripe with the tune, but I do love it. And I think, you know, the fact that it's got these kind of long drawn out breakdowns means that when it does drop again, obviously it, it kind of recreates that same impact that the first drop has and it's got that, that, that kind of that nice punchy sort of almost, almost 808-esque bass going sort of underlaying all the elements to it it's lovely it's um the thing that strikes me about it man and i don't want to at the risk of sounding like some old fogey that i am um i don't want to sound patronizing and say these kids because i keep saying these kids on this podcast but like i touch base with patrick um he's quite young isn't he um where like where are all these really young producers that, that are making really musically mature music coming from? Because like you've got him, you've got like like Badger's quite young, Opidan. They're, they're all they're, do you know what I mean? They're all kind of uni age, but like the music they're making sounds 
a lot more mature than their years. I, don't, I, can't, I never would have come up with something like that when I was like 20, do you know what I mean? It's, I, I, I can only attribute it to the fact that like production software is easy to get hold of and obviously people are starting making music when they're younger, presumably. Uh, there's, there's so much more than that to it, mate. Yeah. You, I, I would say YouTube is a lot of it, right? Um, it, it's, it's amazing how much kids can learn just through YouTube on their own. My little brother, I've got a little brother, um, he's, I think he's 10, right? I think he's just turned 11 maybe this year. Um, And he's texting me, asking me which programming language he should start to code in first. Do I learn HTML or JavaScript or Python or should I stick to C++? And I'm like, man, you're you're like 11 and you're you're doing like, (laughs) you're coding already because he's watching and and it's like, it's because he's grown up on YouTube and he's just like an information sponge. And I think these kids have so much access to knowledge now when they want it. You can learn things so much easier through, through YouTube. Like that's why I they think you've call hit the it the nail second, on the head there. It's like the second biggest search engine in the world, right? Um, that's what they say because yeah. you, you can look on Google or you go straight to go straight to YouTube for, to find out how to do it. And I think because of that, and like you say, easy access to software, these kids just get to learn a lot younger. Um, and it's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, that tune is phenomenal. I, I'm so glad you picked it because yeah, it, it come it come out on that 10 years of 440 compilation as a new tune. Um, and me being the, you know, the, the, the new tune snob that I am, I went through and tried to cherry pick all of the tunes that weren't out yet and played them ones rather than the ones I've played before. And that was one of the ones that I picked. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's great work, man. It's great work. And I'm glad that you, you as an old fogey can appreciate what these kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I really should stop using the word kid, shouldn't I? It sounds so patronising. I don't mean it in a patronising way. If anything, it's a compliment because I'm blown away by it some of the stuff I'm hearing by people that are considerably um, younger, you know. Uh, but like, yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there with, um, in, in the sense that the internet just opens up the doors of possibilities so much. I, I did an interview for um, the, uh, the, uni, the Bristol Uni radio station the other day and the, the guy hosting the show was, I don't know, a guest 20. Uh, props to Brian, if you're watching. Nice fella. Uh, but like the way he was talking about, music and, and, and garage specifically he's, he's Australian right so he's, he wasn't even born and raised in London but was just so so knowledgeable uh, about the music in general uh, and and funnily enough like you saying about your little brother he's, he's kind of programming at 10 11 I think he I think this kid, uh, kid I did it again this kid this guy Brian said to me that he started making music when he was 12 and I was like wow like uh, but, but then yeah that wasn't possible in our day and in our day oh, I sound so old do you sound so? We are old, like, mate. When, when, when I start, when I started producing, mate, I, the only the, the way I kind of got into it was I got hardware because I started on hardware. I, I basically had a family member that that died, and I inherited some money, uh, and I went out and I bought some bits of hardware, and, and I was I wasn't even using the computer to, to to make my first tracks. They were literally all through all of hardware mixed down through a mixer and stuff. So like proper old school. So it was a lot more kind of difficult back then, and there wasn't. It wasn't YouTube tutorials, so I was all self-taught. I sat there reading fucking manuals. It was long and just trial and error on that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad the kids have the access access to to, to what they do these days because it, like you say, it, it opens up the doors of possibilities for them to get cracking. And I think because they're they're younger and they approach things with a slightly different take on things, they come up with some really creative, cool, interesting ideas. Much like that track, because that's that's different to. 
you know what I mean? It's got, it's got elements in it that you're just like, yeah, yeah, kind of typical four four garage. But like, it it's such a nice blend of of different sounds that I I wouldn't I wouldn't think to put together. And he's put them together and he's made it work and just created a really nice texture. It's just beautiful track. So great work from from Patrick Kane. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Um, I did go and check him out and listen to a few more of his bits, and he's he's solid man. And and props to four forty for picking it up as always stellar label can't fall he's um that baseline uh, the, the, the he who shall not be named uh mr moad i think a few people sh- like that baseline sound i think was popularized by him like just the kind of the high bass sound when it goes up and down and i think him and yeah. hans glader kind of do it right and that's kind of yeah i think that's one of the things that he that that moad brought to the genre and yeah and I, I feel bad saying his name. You know, I, I used to hang out with Grant back in the well, day. But it's, you know. Do you know what? I mean, it is what it is. Like shit happens. Um, it's probably not a kind of conversation to get into for the for the podcast because it's very contentious. But yes, um, irrespective, you know, it's, it's similar. I don't want to make comparisons. Similar thing to Michael Jackson. You could never take away the fact that Michael Jackson's left a, a lasting impact on pop music. Do you know what I mean? Like pe- people's people's art and their personal endeavors are separate things so i don't think you should feel bad for mentioning the name we just won't dwell maybe move move on quickly from let's go on to my first selection then that sounds great thank you very much so um so i i asked you i, I wanted to double check before we uh stream this to, to see whether you'd pick this tune um i wanted to at least give it a shout out mainly because um this guy is it is it is high caliber and um, right about now um, well, oh, uh, let's stop waffling, Greg. Last year he had the album of the year. That's what we're going to go right. Last year this guy had the album of the year, straight up and down. He released "Spice Up My Life," um, and it was just a, an amazing kind of drop. Uh, this is one of the few tunes he's put out this year, um, featuring Lucy Vergie. We're still not sure whether that's his sister or uh, or, or his wife. And this is Sammy Vergie on the buttons with a track entitled "All Right." You just come with me tonight until the light will be alright. Why don't you just come with me tonight until the light will be alright? Why don't you just come with me tonight until the light will be alright? Lovely vibe, man. That baseline, that baseline in there, it's got the same kind of little. That it's, it's you know, it's almost like he's created, he's created a culture with that bass. Um, yeah, and it, it's say present in that tune there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Virgie, uh, all right, featuring uh, Lucy Virgie. What, what? Just he, he's got that four-four um, thumping vibe down. He knows what he's doing there, and he can make two-step as well. But he's just 
this formula he's got with that type of bass line and, and the instruments that he uses, um, it's just it's just real nice, man. It's, you can't you can't help but kind of move and smile. Like you, it's, it's it's impossible not to. Second you hit play there, like I don't know if you noticed. Second you hit play, like I was just grinning ear to ear. I, I did have this on my shortlist for, for tunes I was gonna gonna pick, and the only reason I didn't pick it was because I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought I'd let you you, you do that, and, I'd, and I and I could pick something that's a bit out there as one of my other choices. So I've done that, but um, yeah, no, it's a great, it's just solid. Um, I heard it, and I, I just immediately it, there's so, something about it. There's so, something about certain tracks where you hear them. Um, and I don't mean it as a criticism, but they kind of sound a bit familiar. Do you know what I mean? And it might just be because he's kind of got that formula down, but there's something kind of familiar about it. And I mean that in a good way, because, you know, we're, we're, we're monkeys, we like familiarity, right? So, like, you automatically kind of latch onto that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, as you say, I don't know who Lucy Virgie is as well, whether that's his, his sister or his, or his missus or what, but um, it's a pretty nice vocal. Like, it, it could definitely make a few more tunes of there, and I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, I, I love what he does with the vocal as well. If you, like, if you noticed how he, the way that he chops that sample up on down, it's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's lovely. Yeah, it's it's real clever, and I, it's uh, I think that kind of approach is like an it's it's a, it's a it's a modern thing. It's been around for a while now, but I like it when they take something and do something slightly different. You wouldn't have seen something like that in Garage way way back when. That's like a kind of modern sure. spin on it. Do you know what Sammy does it well because there's a lot of people that do it just because it's kind of topical, uh, but it doesn't kind of add anything to proceedings. There's, there's doing it for the sake of doing it, and then there's doing it artistically. And like that track's a good example of it being done well because it sound it fits with the track, as opposed to just kind of being um, just sort of lumped on there. Do you know what I mean? There's, I, I feel there's there's a lot of that kind of pitching up and down of vocals and more outside of garage. Really, you know, you get a lot of it in in, in the kind of cool, more commercial stuff, don't you? pitch down vocals that just sound a bit kind of like like what was there a need to do that yeah they're doing like whole songs in it nowadays aren't they like literally the entire song will be pitched down no, I, 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 I can't remember what there was one recently um, it was a Jay Sean one wasn't it I, I, I listened to it and I was like I liked um, I'm trying to think what the track's called Ride It by Regard right and it's just um, it's the Jay Sean vocal pitched down like several tones and I couldn't work out whether they'd done that like creatively or whether it was like just a way to kind of try and pass off the vocal as being something different do you know what I mean but like not not that's a criticism if that's what they were going for fair play because probably loads of people didn't even realise it was Jay Sean you know you go on the YouTube comments and it's like did you know this was a Jay Sean track back in 2000 so maybe that's what they were going for but like I didn't really feel like I I liked the original vocal so if you've got a decent original vocal do you really do you need to pitch it down you need to pitch it down go for it but if you don't need to like it's just, I think I it's know. just the modern take, right? We're, we're, we're moaning like old fogies again, mate. We sound like old, well, in our day, people didn't pitch vocals down. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing it to get around the YouTube um, algorithm for content matching so that they don't get yeah. monetized. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> I, th- I think you might be onto something with that, yeah. All right, do you want to... If f- that is the case, fair play. <laughs> do you want to fire into number two, mate? My next one actually is another one um, that was kind of around last year um, but actually I'll hands up I, I missed it uh, and I only stumbled across it by chance because the geezer followed me on um, on Garage Cloud and I clicked on his page and, and it do you know what it was if you go on Garage Cloud at the moment right they, they've got sub genres of Garage all broken down and they've got like charts for the most uh, popular ones um, and I've got like the top 10 for Jazz Step because I'm basically the only person that's making Jazz Step or so I thought uh. Uh, and then this popped up and I'm going to play it and then, and then we'll talk about it 
phenomenal. Man, right, how, I've, got, I've got a question. How good is that? How good is that? So, so here's my question. Are they Japanese? Yes. Because were you, were you listening to that thinking Mondo Grosso? It's was, like Mondo Grosso, eat it. your heart out, man. I was thinking this sounds like it's Japanese. I don't know why. I just had this vibe of yeah. that's Japanese yeah, jazz. Yeah. So, so that track, for anyone wondering, is Luminance uh, by Shunji Fuji. And it's available via, I've got it written down here, um, Infinity Sense. Um, so I need that tune in my up, life, mate. It's, that's, that's phenomenal. It's great. It's, it's great. It's great. Like, just... I, yeah, it just it, it reminds me of Mondo Grosso, man. Like, it, it, you can you can hear the inspiration there. Like it's it's not like um, it's not like I mean, if you listen to like a, a classic, like you mentioned when we were talking about my jazz step before, you mentioned Groove Chronicles, right? Um, and, and Stone Cold as being like the quintessential, the one people think of when they think jazzy garage. But that is a, a, a garage record with some jazzy elements on it, right? This, like, I'm what I'm I'm trying to do. They're, they're, they're like jazz records with with hints of garage in do you know what I mean that's like I mean like I'll, I'll turn that back up because it's still it's still going now and it just it's, it's just it's a journey it's, it evolves like there's so much to it and I think you know when I, I kind of when I was doing the, the, the jazz tip album and kind of trying to trying to kind of quit, like get that phrase out there and kind of really hammer it like jazz step as, as a, trying to make it a thing um it almost kind of came across that i was trying to suggest that i'd kind of created it but like I, it's not not the case at all like you've really got to look at someone like mondo grosso really i think as being the originator because obviously people were doing jazzy garage but the difference between the jazzy garage and what i consider jazz step and i had this chat with merlin many a time like he's kind of said to me oh, i don't think you need so many kind of musical elements in it and and my argument is well that's what kind of sets Jazz Step apart from Jazzy Garage. Like the idea, certainly in what I'm trying to do, and I think probably in what Shinji Fuji's trying to do there with that track, is tracks that are um, they aren't just they aren't just dance records. Do you know what I mean? Like you could take that, you could take my album, you could get a live band together, and you could perform it on stage, and it'd be interesting. Whereas you couldn't do that with with some of the jazzy, like just the jazz, sort of standard Jazzy Garage. It'd be boring to watch live. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but like that, that track there's just there's so much to it. And actually, I, I kind of chopped off the the intro there just because I kind of wanted to get into it. And I let it play for a little bit longer than I normally would when we talk because um, obviously we've got a lot to kind of cover. Just because there's so much going on. Um, but like, if you if you listen to it from start to finish, it's just a real journey. I remember when I sent you Benito Miguel and you played it on your sub show, and you you got to the end of it and you just went, "Wow, what a journey!" And that's exactly what I did when I listened to that track right there because like it starts and it starts and it's four four. It's got a four four beat going, oh, really? and then it's got this massive yeah, it's got this massive quirky breakdown, and then it goes into two step. Just a heads up for you, because I can tell you're going to go and buy it when you do get hold of it. If you're trying to play it on your show, just be aware. And this is. Not a criticism, criticism as such, because it's just the way the track's been constructed. So Merlin discovered this the hard way when he tried to play it um, on, on KFM. BPM change. So the intro, like the fourth bit in the intro, is I think off the top of my head, I think it's about 126 beats a minute. Then when it drops, the two-step bit is like 132, 133. So if you mix in the intro and then it drops, you're like you automatically like if you if you're playing at 135 beats a minute, all of a sudden you're going to be playing at 140 plus. Uh, so that's worth just being mindful of. I did drop it into one of my mixes recently because I did a guest slot for uh, House Transmission Radio, and I actually what I ended up doing was I I did an edit myself, so I sped the intro up, I chopped it in two, sped the intro up, so that when I then mixed it, 
it would kind of retain the same tempo all the way through. Um, not sure how Mr. Fuji would, would feel about me butchering his track <laughs> like that, but mate, just, just great work. And um, like, I, I, I touched base with the fella because obviously it was interesting. I, I messaged him just saying, mate, this is like exceptional. Like, and, and props to him because he came back and he was like, oh yeah, I quite like your stuff too. Which kind of figures, um, but I, I think I, he he sent he put up a tweet in um, in in Japanese. Funnily enough, um, the other day that was just to the effect of um, I didn't think this was my best track, but it seems like it's getting love. Um, so like if that's not his best track and he's going to be doing uh, more like that, then I'm sitting here very excited. Uh, but he he shared he shared something with me the other day um, off the back of it by a Korean guy, uh, which actually I'm going to add to the playlist which is equally um, stellar in production, which I probably never would have heard or come across otherwise. So it's, um, it's, just, it's just great to see stuff like that being made and so far afield. It's mad to think how many thousand miles away from us is he and yet he's making music that fits into like this little niche micro-genre that started and, and is considered to be a London thing and... Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I'm waffling. As you no, can tell, no, I'm quite excited about that tune. So mate, I was always going to go off on one, wasn't I? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you've that. That's that. That's the the, the the tune that's blown me away the most since we've been doing this that you've dropped on me because I've not heard it before and it's phenomenal. Um, that's uh, why I wanted. That's why I wanted to do it. I looked like I heard it. I looked at the release date and it, and it was like last June or something. And I was like, nah, like I, I, have, I was like, I haven't heard that. I'm willing to bet probably other people listening to the podcast haven't heard it as well. It deserves and needs exposure. That's that's why we started this podcast, right? It's to, it's to, it's to be like, look, this is this is good shit. Lap no, up. good shout, mate. Good shout. It's, it's, I, I say, I'm definitely going to grab it straight after the show. It's um, I, there's no more to be discussed musically for it because you've kind of covered all the bases on it. It's uh, <laughs> absolutely great shout, mate. Um, great find. Um, yeah, it's it's so difficult to whittle it down. To, I, this is what I was saying just before the show, I think, or maybe I thought it and I wanted to wait till we talk about it on the show, is that I, forcing us to pick three tunes, um, it, it's, it's, a re- it's real good fun because it's like, what do you go for? Do you go for the thing that everyone's playing, the most popular? Do you go for the thing that, that you want people to know about that they've never heard before? It's so difficult to kind of work out what's the best kind of things to pick, and I think that's, that's what makes it fun, just picking them three tunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping with the next the, the next uh, two tunes that I've got, I'm gonna um, you know in, inspire and, and uh, hopefully show you something you haven't heard before. This um, I've played this next tune I want to talk about on on my show, and it's basically just a vocal two step joint. That's all I can that's all I can say for it, and it's just people that I've not heard of that are making vocal two step that I've really enjoyed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spin it for you. Uh cool. and it is by go on. Oh it's by it's by Rachel Fox and Josh Ryan and it's called Show Me Your Love.
I'll bring it down. There's, 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 you know, it's it's a radio edit kind of tune, so it only goes on for like three minutes, and it's not as technically complicated as as any of the other songs that we've we've listened to. But I, I loved that it. it was just people that I'd never heard of making real nice two-step garage. It was like the vocals good, um, the, the 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 vibe is just it's quite uplifting, you know. Um, and it's it's just, it's just yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as a as a as a new find, for for want of a better word. Um, yeah, I don't know don't know how you felt. No, absolutely, I agree with that. Like the first thing I thought as well, nice vocal. She's got a really nice voice, real nice execution. Um, the production's is decent, and like you said about it not being too complicated. Sometimes I remember Will Phillips always used to say to me, "Less is more," because so many people just kind of want to throw so many elements in into their tracks and, and I've definitely been guilty of it in the past you throw loads of stuff in there and like it, you end up reducing the impact of what's there do you know what I mean whereas if it's a bit more sparse like that like you hear when when the when the chorus kicked in there and that brass hits it's got like real impact like every time it hits it's just like kind of there's a lot of space in the mix down for stuff to kind of breathe and yeah, it works really well it's nice it's it's an interesting selection of patches and sounds as well that the the producer has used there um, it's, it gives it a, a slightly unique vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's not just your standard combination of drums with roads and a square bass. And like, he's, he's got some brass and he's got some different elements in there. It's nice. It's, it's good to hear people I, stepping outside of that kind of box and doing something a bit creative. Yeah, I, I can't stand it when you get new new people that have said, right, I'm going to have a crack at Garage. And then they make a tune and it's just all, they've basically just got whatever the same sound set that they've been using since 1999. And then try to put another tune together with the same yeah. progressions, the same yeah. sets of sounds, and it's just like, yeah, I, mate, I've been listening to this stuff for twenty five years. Absolutely. I don't need your take on it. Show me something different, mate. That that's a discussion point for our gas section at some point, and I've got like a little short list of, of things I want to discuss, and that is there on the list. It's it's the recycling of the same elements and the same sounds and even even down to the actual same sounds isn't it it's not even like it's just people going i will use this combination of roads square but it's literally like the drum sounds uh, and i know obviously that's that's um kind of intrinsic to dance music you get that in most genres to an extent don't you You get recycling of drum sounds but like garage is terrible but you still got people kind of recycling the same sunship snares and the same Grant Nelson sounds, and yeah, they're cracking sounds, and they are quintessentially garage. But like, it's like fuck, it's twenty twenty one, man. Like, I, we were listening to that in ninety seven, ninety eight. Do you know what I mean? It's it's time to kind of move forward. So yeah, absolutely with you on that. I think it's it's good to um, for when when someone comes along and does something just a tad different. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, I, just, I really enjoyed it. It was a random free tracker. Um, big up to Rachel Fox and, and Josh Ryan. Um, yeah, props. Yes. I sh- it's the first time I've heard that, but I should definitely be going to track that down once we're done talking, for sure. Uh, it means you're not listening all the way through my radio show, Rob. Oh, he, just, <laughs> he just jumps to the bit where it's, where's Rob Phonetics? Jump. Oh, yeah, he played that. Stop. Has he said anything nice about me? Yeah, it's good, man. No, no, no. It's been, it's been busy time. I've, 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 done, I've been um, I've taken on quite a bit of remix work this month, man. I've, I've done so many tunes. Oh, I've you're pulling been... your plunker. You ain't got to make excuses. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> go on. We you... move on to the next one? Yeah, go for it, mate. All yours, all yours. It's not, it's not really, it's not really wild card, but it's, it's a little bit out there. It's probably not what you're expecting from me, especially given the last two were kind of quiet kind of soulful uh, selections so you're going to smile when you hear it because I know you're all over this one in fact I'm surprised you haven't picked it as one of yours to be honest okay 
another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come hug the whole another level of fun how come Yes, it's um, so. I probably should have introduced it. I keep just playing things and then yeah. that's it telling you they're by. So it's it's bass bass styler. Uh, a track's called Flow, uh, and it's available via Electroshock. Electroshock on fire, man. They're putting out some really quality stuff at the minute. But like, I, I got to give props to um, Merlin for putting me onto that one because I, I think I probably would have missed it um, had, had had he not mentioned it to me. Um, obviously, like I've been making like some of the kind of break steppy stuff recently but the thing that strikes me about that track um is like when you look at some of the kind of the, the breaky garagey stuff like traditionally like you look but like going all the way back to the early bingo beats days right the drums whilst they're kind of breaks in nature they tend to be a bit sort of lighter do you know what i mean i think especially the way that zinc used to eq his drums they, they, they there was less of a an emphasis on the drums more of an em- emphasis on the bass line right that was what that was always zinc's kind of strong point um, and i think a lot of people kind of followed suit and like if i make something that's a bit darker and a bit kind of breaky in in the garage sense i'm always thinking back to those kind of zinc days what i like that this guy does with his tunes like his drums they're kind of a bit skippy, so they're kind of garagey. Like, he has a bit of shuffle in there. Do you know what I mean? They're breaky, but they're kind of shuffled. But they sound really fat and punchy, like some of the break stuff. So, like, if you go back to, like, 2004, 2005, when, like, Stanton Warriors and Diverted and people like that were smashing it and their drums were really chunky. Do you know what I mean? He's kind of doing this kind of garagey breaks. Like, it's... It, it's not strictly garage, but it's also not strictly breakbeat. It's somewhere kind of in the middle, and it, and it creates a real nice. It's, it's just it's just dance floor stuff, isn't it? Like but like the, the the drop on that as well, on the vocal cuts and everything, and the way it builds. It's even even the way he does that. It's definitely somewhere between kind of garage and breaks. But I don't care what you call it. I hear that in in a club, and I, and I'm dropping my drink, and I'm on the dance floor. Do you know what I mean? Because it like by the time that drops, like I, I can't listen to it without just putting my duttiest skank face and just be like, yes, mate. <laughs> just one of them tunes, one of those ones. Need more of that, man. We need more of that stuff. I mean, it's it's, it's like it's got that the, you can that Spanish breaksy garage that's it's definitely got its own sound coming out. It's like. I mean, I always kind of put it into the UK garage umbrella, but you, you, like I say, I, that's why I asked straight away. Is it Spanish? I could tell it was Spanish just from the sound of it. I, I don't think I'd heard that one before. Bass style is wicked. I've definitely spun his stuff before. Um, and Electroshock Records. He's got a more recent single than that out, but uh, of, of like, because I think that was, it's been, it's been around sort of five or six, six weeks, something now. Do you know what I mean? But like, uh, of the two, that was, that's the one that just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry. No, it's okay. So, so, but so, some, so, like, on with those Spanish records, some they're even you got the genre hoverers. Some of them go completely garage side, like Bowser. Um, when Bowser makes tunes, he's really much like 
this is a garage record or this is a breaks record. He, he likes to kind of differentiate, even though some of his breaks falls into garage. But when he's making pure garage, he'll call, he'll say, this is a garage record. But all the other guys are just making music and they're kind of just sticking it out on, on the, so Electroshock's up there. Um, we've talked about 83 records, obviously, before. Um, there's distortion. There's there's, there's Spanish um, Spanish garage is absolutely slamming, um, and that's very much why last year I said tongue tongue in cheek that Spain was the UK garage country of the year um, last year. Like they they put out so much top quality stuff. Um, and funnily enough, my my next one is from another Spanish label. Um, we're finishing on a on a on a Spanish number um, again. Um, but yeah, I mean that's bass side is banging. Um, on on that electroshock as well, you have got Raids goes on there quite a bit. He's another guy that makes proper chunky music. Raids makes some. His his music's sick. Like I we'll definitely have a Raids tune on here in the future. But he he does like big chunky kind of breaky garage. But the way that the drops go, they're almost like big room kind of like house construction. I don't know how to even like describe it. It's mental. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, what I love about one of the things you could tell that it was Spanish garage is, is obviously the, the way that the beats were sounding, as you was alluding to, and the bass sounds that they were using. But then they love those old, old school hip hop samples, don't they? They always kind of chuck that in there because none of them speak English as their first language. They just look into a whole bunch of old school pellets from America to chuck it in there. I don't know why they just, I want to hear like, I want to hear Spanish garage with a Spanish MC. That's what I want to hear. Uh, I need, that needs to happen. That needs to happen at some yeah, I mean, point. I've got, I, I, I don't see language as a barrier, you know, especially when it comes to music. Like, like we talked about this before, didn't we? I don't care what someone is actually saying. Like, uh, a good melody is a good melody, right? So you get a, a, if you get a female vocalist cracking out a catchy tune, it's going to be a catchy tune regardless of whether she sings Spanish, English, whatever. Um, and like, yeah, same same for MCs as well. Like a hype vocal is a hype vocal, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, and and something like, especially like 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 what they do with with the chops on the drop, um, it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right, Spanish labels, get on that if you would, please. Make it happen. <laughs> Ain't got all day. All right, let's move on to my last selection then. Um, so we we'll slide slide neatly into that. So. This is another label that's up upcoming from Spain, and uh, I'm going to assassinate the pronunciation. Um, <laughs> and it's it's Gauchin Gauchin Chinchi Gauchinchi Gauchin. That's how bad it is. Gauchinchi Records. That's not how you say it. Lo siento, mi amigos, español. <laughs> um, so this so this one is from a compilation that they've put out uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's a new, uh, again, a n- another new artist. And it was just like, oh, new guy. Love this sound. And I'm going to play this for you. It's by a guy, a, a guy called Crowd with a K. And it's just new sounds. That's all I can do. New, new technical sounds. Um, the tune is called Move It. I, I challenge you to not move it to this beat. We may struggle with a long intro on this one. Thank you. 
there's a lot more to that tune than what I've played there. And and Rob, you, I think you you're gonna need to go back and listen to that not over the crushed Skype version because he's actually yeah. put a lot of um, bit crushing on the beats as well. So it kind of sounds a little bit eight beaty yeah. in places. Um, but you got the talk box in there. And, yeah. and it's just I, I, I say I just love it I, I, I don't know how I can technically break it down other than it sounds different to what I'm used to but I know it fits into what I play and I, and I love it I absolutely love it do you know do you know what my first thought was and I don't know if it, it's probably going to be quite offensive for me to say it but I mean it as a compliment if Daft Punk made Garage um, I would imagine that it would end up sounding a little bit like that. You can clearly hear like the Daft Punk inspiration there, like as you say, with the tilt box and, and the bit crushing and stuff. Like it's really nicely done, and like it's not something you typically hear people do over those kind of beats. Do you know what I mean? And even the beat itself is kind of quite quirky and different, isn't it? Because it's not like your typical breakbeat beat. It's not like a garage beat. It's almost got remnants of kind of electro in it. I like I like the way it kind of bounces. Just yeah, yeah, like you say, just makes me want to move. Yeah, but and and as you say it's got the it's got the rem- of electro but I, you know that that still fits into my garage show nicely oh absolutely um, yeah yeah i've never heard this guy before crowd um but it say these spanish labels they've got this talent they've, they've got so much talent over there and um i think that's just one of them ones that's come out of lockdown it maybe he's got a whole back catalog that i need to look for i don't know but do you know what it's mad like it trying to kind of stay current with it at the moment and like there's just there's so many different people making such good music like i'm legitimately having difficulty staying on top of it you've alluded to before haven't you to the fact that you spend a ridiculous amount of time going through all the new releases and stuff and and like i've just yeah there's just so many people every week i'm going what's this like or something could pop up on my discover weekly on my release radar or someone will send me a link or i'll come across something and i'll be like who the fuck is that never heard of that person and that's banging like you expect first time you hear someone you don't expect it to be such a banger because you think you know if they're if they're that that proficient why well, haven't heard of them before but i guess that's just the the nature of the beast and, and and with there being so much stuff around it's kind of difficult to really kind of get it in front of people isn't it completely um, but no completely. always always a pleasure to be presenting with someone like that good choice man Cool. All right. We are 45 minutes in already, my friend. I think we need to take a trip, jump in the DeLorean and, uh, and fly back to those, lane. those forgotten years. Who's going first? Do you want to go first or should I go first? I just played one so you can have a go because you haven't broken the rules and played four in the other section this time around. So, <laughs> so we're all good. <laughs> I've stuck with the pro- stuck with the schedule today. <laughs> <laughs> good man. So... My choice is from 2000, I want to say 2004, either 2004 or early 2005. Um, and the first time I remember hearing this, actually, I didn't know people were still making records like this. This was one of a couple, one of, a couple of records when I was leaving uni, because I went to uni um, in Hatfield and all I heard was grime for years. I think I saw EZ once in the whole time I was there and the rest of the time it was like the Ill Kids and, and like Boy Better Know and, and like Wiley. I used to see all of them. Um, and I thought Garage was dead, just I hadn't heard anything of it. And, I, and as I was leaving uni, I remember randomly tuning into one of the pirate stations around Watford one day and Scandalous were on. And they were playing some cracking stuff by like uh, Agent X, uh, ODM, uh, Delinquent. Uh, and they mentioned like, obviously, that at the time, um, DJ Cameo had a compilation CD out called Garage Anthems 2005, I think, I think it was. I think um, and I don't really know how it had the label Garage Anthems on it because the vast majority of it was clearly grime. I think it was just at that time where, the, you know, the, the grime didn't really have the 
the identity, like the garage and grime, is still kind of one. Do you know what I mean? As they were for a, for too long. Um, uh, but this was on there, and I, and I remember it being a standout for me. As soon as I heard it, I was just absolutely blown away. Uh, a that people were still making this kind of vibe. B that someone was doing it as well as they did, and also what I liked about it was that it had remnants of Wookiees. I would style in it. And if you haven't guessed what it is yet, I'm just going to play it for you. Because you're going to smile as soon as you hear it, mate. Spoiled riding. I don't know what's wrong, but you're killing me tonight. Another argument. Yeah, you know, same old, same old. And you can't keep trying. Trying to prove what can never be right. Inside, I got the same tough control as you do. So why are you tripping on me, baby? Imagine we can switch. You would see it. I was doing you. Same goes for me. If you believe that you pass it up, would you tell it down if it was put on your payday? Would you let them know you already got a man that loves you at home? But you ain't, so you don't know what I gotta go through to keep myself true. Would you do the right thing like I do for you, baby? Playing around, I want playing, playing, playing. Why you tripping on, baby? Playing around, I want playing, playing. I don't know what's wrong, no, baby. Playing around, I want playing, playing, playing. Why you tripping on, baby? Right now, tell me if that had been released two, three years earlier. Like, I challenge anybody to tell me that wouldn't have been a top ten single. It's absolutely like just flawless. I, I still think to this day, I know it's a controversial thing to say because most people, if they were going to draw for a, a delinquent two-stepper, would have picked their circles remix, right? I think yeah. that's what most people would have gone for. I still think to to this day that is for me the strongest delinquent production, and I include the the Mike delinquent project stuff in there as well. And you know, obviously, like technically, Mark, uh, Mike's come a long way, and he's, he's probably making sort of technically more sound music now. But like the vibe of that track, the vocal, um, the kind of wookie elements to it, without it being too much of a wookie rip off. Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of got it's almost like you you got you kind of got like wookie esque bass and those wookie kind of offbeat roads, but then you've kind of got almost kind of Grant Nelson bumper flexi skippy kind of drums going it's just it's just a nice palette of, of, of sounds that they've used and and yeah I mean going back to what we were saying earlier it's fairly predictable um, in, t- in 2021 if somebody came along and did that you might be saying um, you know we've, we've kind of heard that before but bear in mind this was 2000 I want to say 2004 um, it's really quality stuff and it put me onto delinquent and I and I, and I kind of went and just acquired everything they'd put out at that point in time and they were of, of the of the the, the the garage producers during that lost era um, they were right up there at the top of the heap for me uh, I thought Phil and Mike just they never did a bad tune uh, and, it, and obviously they, they, their sound changed over the years because they were quite heavily involved in, in the bass line thing as that developed uh, but even their bass line I really liked as well because it was it wasn't just your, your typical bass bass lines a tricky one to discuss isn't it because it evolved so quickly during those years and it went from being like a a sort of evolved developed version of Speed Garage to being basically 4-4 grime but Delinquent always managed to tread this line where they were kind of they were doing it and they were kind of they were street they were urban they were kind of down with the kids but they kind of at the same time they retained a kind of musical element all of those they you know you had tracks like Motherfunker um, and Chalice Man with Deneo and um, they were just on fire on fire 
fire for years, man. Um, all that stuff on Spoil Rotten, but like the, on, on the sort of the, the more London kind of side of things. I, say, I, I hate to use that phrase, the more London side of things, but you know what I mean, that kind of southern sound. You obviously, you had, you had the Circles remix, you had Ghetto Queen, you had their Like a Feather remix, Flawless. Um, but yeah, for me, that was the pick of the bunch. Just like, that's the one. If you, if you said to me, pick a delinquent production to listen to for the rest of your life, that'd be the one I'd go for because... Uh, yeah, just, just fond memories. Fond memories. Man. I think it's it's, it's good that that we that it's the sort of thing we where they've got so many good tunes that there would be a difference of opinion of, of what your favourite could possibly be. Um, I, I I wouldn't have picked that one as as my favourite, and and I love that you have. It sounds like you've got like good feelings tied to the fact that that's how you discovered them by finding that as their first tune. Um, and yeah, I mean it's just, it's a strong tune. I came that. But back when I used to be on an, on another internet station um, playing the cheesiest two-step I could possibly could mixed in with a bunch of old school back then. Um, yeah, I was rinsing that tune. Um, Ghetto Queen caned it to the floor. Um, you know, like a feather in circles, I would, I would definitely put them above that one. That's my own personal opinion. And like you say, most people would probably go for that. Um, it doesn't take anything away from that tune. It was f- phenomenal. And I love the way how you edited in the first bit of the tune and just before into the job you put a bit of effort into that Rob I like that good. that's good work um, you know me I come prepared mate yeah completely completely but yeah I mean mate like I think the the the, the reason that the levels on that are so high is like it's almost constructed like a pop song um, but uh, uh, on Gary's levels like the way that the the vocal is and is uh, the, the lyrics to it and so on it was kind of of that era and it was just a top caliber top top caliber and delinquent were definitely like in the lost years delinquent were in the the top 5 of the producers that were doing still yeah. doing garage at that point you know they they were in the premier league uh, of the people that were around there was there was still a lot of shit coming out i've got you know shelves of records that i buy and think i'll probably never ever play them again in my life um, delinquent were the opposite to that. They've, they they were the ones that made the stuff that last lasted um, and spoiled rotten records. Wicked, wicked stuff there. Um, yeah, cool. I think that, so. So we should we move on to mine now. Absolutely, let's do it. Do you want me to play it, or are you going to introduce it? I'll introduce it quickly. Uh, I can't remember what year it came out. Probably around the same sort of time, two thousand three, two thousand four. It is a combination of two old school veterans finding their feet in this uh, era of uh, a, a rebirth that was happening in, in, in the early noughties. And it is Todd Edwards and Matt Jam Lamont featuring the vocals of, of one Fuji Lauren Hill. And uh, it's called going to be your number one. If you would please, sir.
mate. Yeah, it's mate. Solid choice, mate. That, so, so that, that little bit there, I, I love the, where, the, where the key changes a little bit just before it drops back into the chorus. That little, the way the yeah. vocal goes there, I love that bit. So, so Todd, Todd wait, but in that era, um, we'll probably talk about that era of Todd a bit later on. Um, but, you know, there was, there was a lot of camp of do you like Todd or don't you like Todd? Um, you know, Todd's got some all-time classic garage records. As I am, is probably one of my favourite garage records of all time, and you will be able to play that song forever and ever and ever. And it was made in like '93 or something. Um, but when he got into, when he was finding his stride, and all the stuff was coming out on iRecords, there was a lot of people that'd be like, "Oh, I don't like Todd tunes. They all sound samey, and they sound like they're going backwards." Was some of the complaints. And I was on the on the fence for it for quite a while. But then he started doing these collabs, and he, he decided somehow to split. Tough jamming off and, and play with both of them. So we had the stuff he was doing with Carl under fully loaded, and you know we may discuss in the future um, the, the Kelly the Rock tune that was hyped for so long and took so long to drop. Um, and then so he, he done that stuff with Carl, and then he's obviously done he done this tune with uh, with Matt Jam. I don't know whether he done anything else other than this with him. But what I love is is when he introduces when someone else is introdu- introduced into Todd's kind of production regime, it takes the edge off it a bit. So you don't get that same Todd sound where it sounds like it's going backwards and samey. You've got a new element to it, but the caliber's still absolutely high. Um, and for, to get someone like Lauren Hill onto the track was it was so weird because Garage is a genre that's not beloved by everyone and, and Lauren Hill was in Sister Act 2 for fuck's sake like you know what I mean like, um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've fallen out of love with her in recent years and that's because um, I booked to go to Houston uh, back in 2018 I think it was to go and see Lauren Hill in concert because my missus was upset that she wasn't touring in the UK she then eventually did tour in the UK and I had stupidly booked um, flights uh, hotel and tickets to go to see Lauren Hill in Houston, Texas for a weekend. We did a weekend in, in, in Houston. Um, I, I actually, I proposed to her when I was there just to get extra super cheesy. Um, luckily, I wasn't going to do it at the concert because while we was walking around Macy's uh, on the Saturday day of the concert, I got an email saying she cancelled the fucking thing. I've gone all no. the way to Houston to go and see Lauren Hill and she cancelled it put out some apology letter to H-Town about how she's too ill to do the concert. So they're like, oh yeah, well we'll offer you alternative dates in Houston in a, a year's time. And it's like, you know, I've just spent like two grand getting over here. I ain't coming back to do it again. You know, at the risk that, it, yeah, I, I was pissed. Didn't have any sort yeah, of insurance. understandably, mate. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so it's, we've cut, she used to love, because she was touring The Miseducation of Lauren Hill was that album. And uh, my missus used to love that album, and she's completely fallen out of love with it since I've done that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was my little Lauren Hill anecdote that's got nothing to do with the Forgotten Years of Garage, but I did want to just bring that <laughs> tune out. It was quite hyped, you know? Like, there was lots of discussion about it on the forums. I think um, when we was on Uptown Forum, it was like, oh, it's coming out, and then it dropped on solo records. There was lots of hype for it before it dropped. Uh, and it was, it was yeah. nice when that was happening then. It's like, I, I don't get that feeling anymore. If all the tune's coming, I can't wait till it drops. I've, I've lost that. Kind yeah, of yeah. Feeling nowadays. Yeah, well, you, 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 it's it, that, that the way everything works these days is completely different, isn't it? You know, if you were to hypertune up for that long beforehand, like people, it would get lost. I think it would get lost. It, like that, you know, that's why 
obviously that was a vinyl release wasn't it do you know what i mean like, and, and the digital thing works completely differently uh, i'm totally with you in, in that sense that yeah i remember how hyped that tune was i remember kane in that tune i remember loving it um and i remember being how happy i was when i got hold of it um i actually did i did a did a bootleg mix of that did you ever hear that that was around the time I was doing the stuff as Wolverine. There's a story about it. So, so I, I can't remember whether it was Matt or Todd. One of them uploaded it to their MySpace page. I think it was Matt. And for some reason, some peculiar reason, I don't know if it was like a phasing thing or if he uploaded the wrong file. He, I noticed when I was listening to it um, that he basically uploaded a version of the track where the drums and the bass were hard panned to the right and all of those cuts and the vocals were hard panned to the left. So basically what you could do if you knew what you were doing was rip it and you had all the elements of the track to kind of reconstruct it. So I was, I was churning out loads of grime tracks as Wolverine at the time. And I thought, oh, I've got to give that a go. That'd be, that'd be a really interesting one to do. And I did the number one beat as, as, as Wolverine and I sent it to Matt and I, I spoke to Matt quite a lot of the time. And um, I got a, an email back from him because he obviously heard it and was like, that's oh, fire. I got an email back from him being like, right, we need to have a chat. What's your number? And it was really awkward because I remember sending him an email back going, well, it's kind of awkward because you've already got my number in your phone. So I gave him my number. <laughs> so the next day I get a call from him and he's like, Robbie? <laughs> and we had a chat. And, and it was one of those things that I think it was a bit of a miscommunication because like I had someone uh, that was going to vocal it for me. And, but I, I was under the impression that Matt had somebody that he wanted to get doing the vocal uh, and so neither was kind of finished a version of it. And then by the time it came around to it, I was like, oh, what's happening with that? Some time had passed and, and, and Matt had kind of gone, oh, yeah, like, oh, we've moved on to the next project, which kind of understood. Um, it was a shame because I would, I would have liked to have, have gotten my version out there because it was such a, a contrast to, the, uh, to, to that, that original. Um, but yeah, no, sorry, I've, got, I've kind of gone, gone, gone off talking about myself. You, you recognise, if I play it to you, you'd be like, oh, shit, is that where you got those samples from? Because it's, it's basically like a grime track with a load of Todd samples in it and it's got that little number one hook. I've got the instrumental here somewhere. I've got a vocal version as well somewhere. I'll root it out for you and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, have, have a butcher's. But it, it, it created quite a bit of hype at the time amongst some of the grime knot. I remember setting up a MySpace. This is back when you could kind of get away with doing aliases like this without like a picture or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Just set up this MySpace and I was just like randomly. I, I used to get called Wolverine uh, when I was a bit younger because I just basically never shaved and I was just really fucking hairy. Um, it was like I, I used to work in Tesco's and the boss there used to call me Wolverine. And I was just like, oh, can I use an as an alias? And that was the first thing that came to mind. So I downloaded a picture of a Wolverine, stuck it under MySpace, load of beats up there. And I remember at the time, it just been like, fuck me, that, that number one beat's fire. Just getting loads of messages from people like, can I have it? And I was like, well, not, not really, because I kind of nicked the, the, the elements for it from someone else. <laughs> um, it's, it's what it is, one of those things. But yeah, it was just, just an interesting one. I thought it would be an in- interesting anecdote to share because that, that kind of thing, you know, with, with finding the samples in the way that I did was, um, yeah, I remember how excited I was and how did, excited did, I was. Did to you be, tell Matt he fucked up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what he said. I, I think he just, it was, you know, he was just like, oh, I didn't realise, like, I don't know how that happened kind of thing. Whether he did it with a view to, to, to somebody noticing and doing a remix or not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was being savvy. Matt's got a smart head on his shoulders, so he might have done it on purpose. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, solid, solid track that. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of memories, memories to that, man. Right, sort of takes me right back to those, um, those prolific at Herbal Club Nights, man, because that was one of the ones that used to get rinsed in there. It was around that time when it, you know, similar sort of time to when Bad Boy uh, by MJ Cole and Laura Vane came out and, yeah, there was just a, a little golden era. I mean, we talked about it before when you played Never Say Never on, on the first podcast, didn't we? It was just this golden time where there was just loads of cool, bumpy 4-4 and 
Um, not to dwell too too much on Todd because obviously, like you mentioned, we're probably going to end up talking about him later. But like, I loved I loved the Todd productions of that era. I think actually, like a lot of people get a bit pissy about when you talk to them because they go, "Nah, nah, they're nervous. The nervous tracks now. Nah, they're they're the ones." And uh, but I'm like, "Nah, do you know what? Like for me as a body of work, I know it's a controversial thing to say, so please don't at me." Um, Odyssey was the one. Like that album, like for me, just it stands out um, from the rest of his work as just a. Uh, just a, a real nice balance of kind of underground elements, those typical Todd vibes, with something a bit more creative. And I liked that he kind of got his vocals in there as well. It was more kind of song-based. I liked that. Uh, but I guess that's a subjective thing. It depends kind of where you where you sit on the fence in terms of song-based stuff or whether you prefer the kind of dubby carp stuff. Um, I'm waffling. I'm waffling. No, let's, no, let's let's go let's let's go into it, mate. Let's, that's the, that's the first that's the first uh, subject. So like the, the the way I had it written down was Todd Edwards devalued my vinyl collection. Um, <laughs> what, what do we mean by I love that? The way you, I love the way you took something so positive and you've made it a negative. <laughs> made it there, about me, really? about me, <laughs> and made it negative. I know, right? Um, no, I mean we'd be remiss, wouldn't we? Like uh, doing doing an in the garage podcast if we didn't discuss the fact, the very obvious fact that. Todd Edwards' back catalogue is now available digitally for all to to consume. Um, but obviously, you've got a gripe with that, somewhat understandable. Well, I mean, you know, it's tongue in cheek. Like, I'm not that bothered. It made me it, my trip through Juno um, to find what what's been released over the last two weeks. Um, if you imagine what that looked like when there was like I can't, I don't even know how many tunes he released, but every release was just Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. Um, was you saying that it's a defected thing that he's done it through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his new single's out with Defected, and I don't know what, I don't know the history. I don't really want to kind of try and get into it because, like, obviously it's a bit contentious and I don't know the full story, but I I know back in the day, around the time of that, that, that uh, number one track, there was some kind of falling out uh, between Todd and I Records. Um, and for a long while there, his his obviously he had signed over, as I understand it, he'd signed over a lot of that the, the, that material to iRecords, so he didn't have ownership of his back catalogue, which is why to date it's never been possible to get hold of a lot of that stuff in the digital realm. Um, so I don't know how Defected have managed it. Um, props to them for doing it, and and good on you, Todd, because I know he's very pleased, obviously, to have all that stuff kind of retrieved from the depths of. Um, nowhere, nothingness to to be unavailable for all to hear again. Uh, but yeah, they've they've basically put his new single out, and and at the same time they've dropped the vast majority of of the stuff from the back catalogue. Although that that one body of work that I just referred to, Odyssey, that album from two thousand six, I want to say, nowhere to be seen. So I, I don't, there's obviously some kind of contractual thing there which precludes that from from being released as of yet. I mean, I don't mind because I've got the CD. I remember buying it at the time, but like. I do get like a little bit, you know, obviously like we're both passionate about Garage and like the whole point of doing this Lost lost, Forgotten Gems section is that I want people to hear those those crackers and like there's some crackers on that album, like Far Away. Far Away is far and away one of my Todd, favourite Todd tracks of all time. Far Away and Odyssey itself, great tracks, um, but you can't, you can't find them on Spotify and Deezer and, uh, and all that. Maybe at some point down the line, I don't know. I forgot about Far it's a good Away. Look, though, you know? they, they, the music video that was all done in Lego, right? Do you know what? I don't know if I ever saw the video. It was. I some, didn't know there was. There... Yeah, some geezer did a stop motion Lego video. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I remember loving the tune. I remember. I remember Kane in that tune. I remember. Yeah, just because I think um, that was. I, I think I had that on CD single. 
Oh really? That was that that was available as a CD single, and presumably it got shipped in from the states because I was an American label, right? I remember ordering the CD single of that. I think I had a CD single of Odyssey as well before the album of the same name, Odyssey, came out, um, and then I ordered that in as well. Um, yeah, I think I bought it off of iTunes. I think that was one of the few tunes that I had to play an iTunes version of, and I felt slightly uncomfortable because their bit rate's <laughs> like lower than like three twenty MP three, and I use AAC or whatever. And I'm, but you know, it's, I, I did. I, I came the far away, definitely into into the ground with what I had. Um, but yeah, like all of the other stuff. I mean, I've got reams of his vinyls from from back in that era, and they just and it's like, oh, they're no longer special. They're like, oh, you can, everyone's got them now. And I was, I was a little bit sad about it, but the same thing. It's nice <laughs> to know that it's all out there. And it made me kind of be like, I was clicking through and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that tune. Oh my God, I forgot about that tune. Oh my God, I forgot about that tune. Um, yeah. They, but I, Do you I, know what? Go on. I was going to say, it made me realise that I've got to update my, you know, I've got my Lost Years playlist on, um, on Spotify that I've kind of I plugged on here last time. Uh, and obviously I'd gone through originally and I'd found all the stuff I could that was available from that era and I put it into a playlist. Um, but there wasn't any Todd available, but obviously now there's an absolute ton of Todd available. So I'm going to have to be super selective and just pick four or five of the best ones. Cause otherwise yeah, it's going to end up that. basically being a Todd Edwards playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't, I haven't got around to, I haven't, I haven't braved doing that yet. Cause that's going to be quite time consuming. Uh, but I liked that there was some, the, the new trend sound stuff was, was really cool. Um, I don't, were, were the full on albums all available on there? Um, I can't. Sure. Do you know? Do you know? I I just put it on in the background the other day, but I can't say I haven't kind of got around to sitting here and specifically going through it all yet. I remember full on. I remember full on volume three. I had full on volume one and two on CD, and full on volume three came out what two thousand seven. I want to say. I remember that being really contentious because I don't think you could buy a CD copy of it. I think you could only get that via iTunes, etc. And I remember there being a big thing on the forums because. Um, I think he'd. I think he'd obviously put the tracks together. Um, by all means, Todd, correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think he'd then kind of done like a, he'd mixed them together in Ableton. I assume it was in Ableton because they. If I recall rightly, I remember someone moaning that they sounded really time stretched. You know, this is back in the days where like a time stretch algorithm wasn't quite as flawless as it is on your your Pioneer CD deck behind you there, and you could really hear it. Um, in fact, I've got a couple of the Ministry compilations from around that time that had been mixed in Ableton, and they sound hor- like if you get a track that's sped up or slowed down too much, they sound horrendous. And I think that was one of the the albums that kind of fell prey to that. And as a result of it, a lot of people kind of turned their nose up at Full On Volume Three, which is a shame because I liked all you know all the volumes of Full On. They were they were Full On. <laughs> I, I think they've I think they've been digital for quite a while then once I, I think they was always available are they i records as well yeah oh i, I, I feel I've like got the first i've got the first two on cd but I, I i i've got i've got in my head that the third one never came out on cd and i don't think i ever acquired it because i remember being a bit put off by the whole thing on uptown where people were just like oh it sounds shit it's all time stretched and i, I, I hate a time stretch like, I love a time stretching the speed garage track when it's meant to sound like that, but when you get a track that sound that's been audibly um, sort of butchered by by distortion as a result of time stretch, it's yeah, it's a real I feel you. completely feel you. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, yeah. it's good to see Todd stuff out there again. It is. I'm happy. I'm happy for him as well, man. Like, obviously, you know, we got him on social media and like his posts, his posts about it. He's just like genuinely stoked to have all his tunes out there. And who wouldn't be? Do you know what I mean? You don't make music for it to just kind of rot, do you? So like, it's, it's a good look for Todd. And, and you know, Todd's, 
Todd's a seller guy as well, so that that makes it all the more satisfying to to yeah. see it all going right for him. I think the only I think the only vinyl that's probably retaining its value now out of that lot, I noticed the crazy in love bootleg he did. He's only released a dub version of that, so I'll have to just cherish that. <laughs> did crazy. you get Did you get a lot of that stuff that he because he went through a phase? I don't know if you picked up on it. It's probably, I don't know, my, my perception of time is terrible. It's probably, I was going to say it's in the last couple of years. It's probably not. It's probably like five or six years ago. He, he went through a phase of just basically uploading loads of stuff to his SoundCloud and you could download it all for free. Like he was uploading WAVs and I seem to yeah. recall, um, I don't know, I don't know which version of Crazy, uh, you know, Crazy Love it was, but you could, that was one of the ones. I've got a load of WAVs, like the, the Master WAVs. I just got off his SoundCloud. He was—I remember him advertising it, just being like, "Yep, yeah, just uploading this." Have, I must have missed that. That's a—that's a shame. Yeah, it was, it was a short period in time. You snooze, you lose, mate. Yeah, completely. That's it. You—you <laughs> you were too—you were too busy on SoundCloud with people rebranding and leading you astray into drum and bass territory. That—that that was the problem, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh well, okay. Um, so should, should, should we talk about my my favourite social media platform? I love it so much because I'm not old, which is TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i'm 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 not um i wouldn't claim to like it i know i run our, our tiktok page but it still confuses me the whole thing confuses me i did want to mention though because i was talking to this this guy the other day and i'm going to try and avoid using the phrase kid um although <laughs> he late. did kindly point i was chatting to him the other day and he did kindly point out to me i thought he was asking a bit about my my background and like when i kind of broke into the scene and I think like when I probably first started talking to you, it probably was like 2004, 2005. I said to him, oh, I've been involved in somewhere or another kind of behind the scenes and putting records out since 2005. And his response to that was, fuck me, I was only born in 2004. Oh, <laughs> I, said, I said, cheers, mate. You made me feel really fucking old. But um, yeah, so what, what I wanted to talk about, because um, Scott Garcia has been pushing for a while now. I've got a lot of time for Scott. He's, he's forward thinking. He's obviously seen TikTok and gone, do you know what? Garage needs a presence on TikTok. And I think he's right. You know, you get a platform like that that appeals to a younger demographic. What a great way for us to get the music that we love and that we're making and that we're pushing um, into, into, you know, their, into their ears, I should say. Uh, well, this guy, Kyle Willats, has found a way to do that. And he, he's got, it's a very simple concept. I don't know where he gets a lot of his records and his dubs from. I assume that he's got an older family relative or, or, or a sibling or something that was into Garage back in the day because he's got a lot of tunes that, like I don't have, he's incredibly knowledgeable about the genre. And he basically does uh, a, a video upload every day of him picking out one of his records, um, plays it, does a little rundown of it. Uh, and it's beautiful because you get, you know, he's got thousands and thousands of people following him. And I'm going to use the word kid again because I'm an old man and a lot of them are a lot younger than me. There's a lot of people a lot younger than me that obviously are, are discovering these tunes as a result of his TikTok post. It's called Kyle Willats' Daily Dose of Garage. Uh, and I love it. Like I can't stand TikTok and most of the stuff that pops up on there makes me cringe. But his face pops up and I go, oh, what's he going to pick out today? And, it, and it's a real like eclectic blend of stuff. And what I like that he's done and what I was saying to him when I was chatting to him the other day, He's, kind of, he's made basically made a brand of it. And I, I've, I've spoken to you about it before, Greg, and I like it's, it's taking this new platform, finding a way to kind of utilise it. He's got Spotify playlists and he basically was advertising a little while ago for producers to send beats to him because he's like, obviously, I'm doing my daily dose of garage videos, but I'd like to talk about new garage as well because there's a lot of new good stuff being made. So one of my mates sent him some of my stuff and he's actually playlisted some of my stuff on his Spotify playlist, right? I get more streams on my Spotify 
from being on his playlist than I do editorial playlists than I do anything else. It, it, the amount of traffic that he's getting through his pages as a result of his activity, his consistent grind on TikTok um, is phenomenal. And uh, uh, I just kind of wanted to wanted to kind of flag it because I think, hey, if you're on TikTok and you're not following him, look him up, Kyle Willats, worth a follow. Um, if you don't want to follow him, it's, it's just kind of food for thought. It's, it's you know, the, we, we've got this platform and, and it's difficult to kind of stay on top of these social media platforms because they emerge and grow so quickly, don't they? But there is... There's potential there for, for Garage to be heard if you do it right. And, uh, and he's obviously, he's done it. He's found a way to do it and, and, and props to him. Um, it's a good look. Ultimately, you know, I just want, um, I think it's great to, uh, to get that music in front of a new audience. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's, it's, it's good to flag it, definitely. Uh, big ups to Carl Willats for pushing the Garage sound. Always got massive respect for anyone that's doing that. Uh, great find, great find, and yeah, just just uh, follow up Carl Willat's daily dose of garage on the TikToks, and uh, and Carl, please just snip this video, post it to all of your followers, and send them all to in the UK to subscribe <laughs> to this thing. Um, yes, thank you very much for that, Rob. Right, let's uh, let's move on to the feedback session uh, section. There's going to be a kind of discussion as well. Um, we got an anonymous email off the back of um, our last show. Uh, do you want to do you want to fire through that, Rob? I am. I'm just just going to load it up. I'm going to attempt to paraphrase. There's quite a lot here, so um, just bear with me if I sound like I'm bumbling a bit. So uh, starts off saying, sort of listen to both episodes, lovely stuff. Um, like my got the tea towel analogy, which is good to hear. I've had a lot of feedback about that actually. <laughs> been there, been there, done that. Got the tea towel, love it. I think that's going to become a thing. Um, he then goes on to tell a story. Uh, in essence, what he says is uh, there was, and, and I remember this being discussed on, on on the forums back in the day. So we're probably we're presu- he doesn't actually have a time, but we're presumably talking sort of two thousand five through two thousand and eight in that lost era. There was a, a spate of these schools, these DJ schools that sprung up, uh, and they they sort of claimed they were going to make you a top tier DJ. You were going to get a certificate and a qualification out of it, and at the end, they guaranteed bookings. And he obviously paid his money. It sounds like it's quite pricey to do. Went through the course, realised, you know, after about 20 minutes of being there that actually he wasn't going to learn anything because he was already DJ and he was obviously a competent DJ. Uh, and they obviously had no intention of actually showing him in anything sort of further than that. So he kind of skipped to the end of the lessons, assuming he was going to get bookings from it. Uh, he says, once this was all over... And he got his certificate, to be fair. I asked about the club nights. I was told, of course, I could have an hour set. And I was pretty chuffed. However, and I know a lot of people listening are going to be familiar with this part because it's familiar to me too. In order to get on the flyer, I had to flog 30 tickets at £15 a pop. If I didn't manage it, I wouldn't be able to play. Now, obviously, props to this guy because he obviously turned around and told them to shove it out their arse. Um, and a lot of people didn't in that time and probably still don't. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of it. I don't know where, how, how it became a thing that club promoters are taking the piss out of the very people that are making them their money. It's it just, the whole thing's mind boggling. Anyway, he says there were literally guys coming off the street paying 1,500 quid to go to this school to get to the advanced level then playing in clubs. There are even ones that wouldn't even flog the tickets but buy them all themselves. So you had people paying fifteen hundred. You had people paying fifteen hundred quid to go to the school, then buying thirty tickets for fifteen pound a pop just to get their name on the flyer and get to get to play. Not only have you paid to play, but you've done it to a crowd of thirty less people, so you can post it on the Instagram. 
Um, oh, and of course, <laughs> he then goes on to make some comments about the haircuts and stuff. I leave those bits out there, um, but it's, <laughs> it's it's all fair game. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've not, I've got similar. I've got. I've, I mean, we've all got dodgy stories along these lines. I've got a story. It's not not specifically about DJ schools, but I've got a similar story. I remember being booked, and I'm not going to tell you about me. Be unprofessional. I don't want to start a war either. It was a big club night. We say that much. At, one of the super clubs, if you can call it a super club, big club in London. Um, and I was at the time living in the home counties. And the day of the booking, I had a family thing. So I, like normally if I, if I get booked to play somewhere, say if I get, when I used to get booked to play somewhere, I'd always make sure I got there early so that I was, you know, prepped and, and ready to go. That day in question, I had a family thing to go to. So it was kind of a bit of a race for me to get into Central. So what I actually did, I thought, well, I'm probably going to, I just I just take it out of wherever I get paid. I'll pay a cab fare. So from where I was to get into London, obviously cab fares were a bit cheaper back in the time, but it still cost me about forty quid to get from my place to this club. Uh, and when I was on the way, I shit you not, it was probably twenty twenty five minutes before um, the the night was about to start. I got a call, not from the promoter, from one of his boys. I won't say who his boy is. Like I like his boy. Got no beef with his boy. He's a good fella. Um, if, he, if he's listening, no problem with you, mate. But he called me and basically said, oh, yeah, yeah, just wanted to make sure you know you're not getting, you're not getting paid for tonight. Well, of course, by that time, your name's on the flyer. People are expecting you to turn up. You can't turn around. Well, you, you can turn around and say, well, fuck yeah. But then it reflects badly on you, doesn't it? Added to that was the fact that I'd just committed to paying the taxi driver 40 quid. So actually, not only was I not getting paid, I was actually 40 quid out of pocket just to get there to play. And the, the reason that I was given was, oh, yeah, um, yeah, none of the new school guys are getting paid. You know, the, 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 the club, something to the effect of the club isn't big enough. Well, I'm not going to tell you what the club is because it will make it really obvious who I'm talking about. But the, let's just say the club holds, I would say, in excess of 3,000 people. 3,000 people paying, what, 15, 20 quid a pop to get in and the promoter can't afford to, to pay any of the new, like, piss take. And do you know what? It was, it's a shame because, like, I, 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 for me, the, 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 the passion, the love for music and it has always been... Um, the making, making the tunes, like that's always been my forte. Like I, I know some people obviously like making tunes more. Some people like playing um, tunes more. And there's no right or wrong. Just for me, it's always been the production. That's been my forte. Uh, but I would like to have kind of carried on doing the DJ and the thing with it. But like that was one of a handful of similar experiences like that that made me go, oh, do you know what? I can't be asked with this DJ thing. And, and like, you know, I've got my little setup in in my studio and I do, I'll have a little mix every now and then just to unwind, but it really turned me off DJing that kind of thing. Um, because I, I, that, that's not for me. That's not for me. What just traveling out my way, paying out my pocket to get shafted by some, some tosser who's clearly quids in. Do you know what I mean? Let's be honest. No promoters hiring a big club out and selling all those tickets and, and ending up out of pocket. Well, there'd be no incentive for him to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There, there's serious money involved there, so I, think, I just think it's a piss take. So, like when we got that email there about the DJ school, didn't surprise me in the slightest. It, it, it did make me sad because I'm like, oh yeah, it sucks, but it didn't surprise me. Whoa, you know, it's just a shame it has to be that way. It's just taking advantage of, of uh, these kind of delusional kids, really. Like, I think the thing that bothers me about it the most is like it's the complete fallacy, especially if you're buying your own tickets. It's like it's the equivalent of having fake followers on Twitter. It's like you're playing to an empty club. Yeah. What's what's the what's the point of it? But it's like the expectation of like, oh no, yeah, we're going to book you and you're going to do my job to sell my tickets. It's like that's not what 
you're supposed to be the promoter. And it just, it turns yeah. into a greed thing. And it's like, I'm not interested in anyone that's doing it for greed. I want someone that, you know, has built a, a culture and a scene and, and a good set of people. And that becomes a good crowd. Uh, and, you know, you, you, can't, you can't build um, any sort of longevity on working like that. Like, the, the, you, you literally just have to burn through DJs every single, every single time you had a night. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, there's just no credibility to it at all. It's it's really yeah. upsetting to hear that people are doing that. Um, but you Do know, you know what I, I mean? Oh, I was, I was just going to say on the whole, though, the promoter the, the the promoter business model certainly in garage circles. I mean, it's not specific to garage, but certainly it's it's particularly bad within garage. The whole promoter sort of business model is is flawed from the get go because here we are in 2021, and you've still got people getting booked to play that are playing the same tracks they were playing in, in the late 90s and they're still the staple names on your garage flyers um, and like don't get me wrong like I, I, I'm all for paying paying respect where it's due and for acknowledging these these legends and stuff but like even if you even if you weren't shafting these new people if you're still booking all of those headline acts that you were booking 20 odd years ago there's not really any progression anyway, is there? So like the whole, the, the way the whole thing is set up is just flawed and, it, and it's, you know, it needs, it needs some of these new kids. And, and I'm really pleased actually, one of the things that's come out of lockdown is seeing these, um, these live stream pop, live streams pop up and like particularly these new KG ones where you've got a lot of the newer names that are doing these live streams and they're, and they're putting on shows and, and long may that continue. I assume when the clubs open that they're going to be, you know, back in, in the clubs doing that. It's good to see a kind of healthy new brigade of producers and DJs that are kind of coming through and having that platform uh, because for so long it's just been stale. It's been stale. I've, I've had zero interest in going to the vast majority of these club nights, these garage club nights for years because I know that if I do, I'm going along to hear the same the same 20 tracks that I can hear on any garage compilation that's been released in the, in the last 20 years. It's, I, I can't quite... I think, you know, as somebody who's passionate about the music, like you are, and I, I dare say you probably share my sentiments on this, I just can't get my head around being in a position where we're just, we're still hearing the same 20 or 30 tracks from 25 plus years of UK Garage that's been made. Like, there's thousands, I mean, we're, we're showcasing a few forgotten gems here every, every time we do this podcast, and we're not even scratching the tip of the surface, are we? Do you know what I mean? There's countless, countless tunes that have never been heard. And if I'm, if, if you book me to play in a club, I'm going to be going, right, what can I play that no one else is playing? Yeah, yeah, you might, you might want to drop in a few well-known ones to get the floor, to, to, you know, to get people moving in that. But I'm going to be going, right, what can I do differently to everyone else? And, and that just, that culture, that, that, that idea, that concept seems to have been lost because promoters are shafting anyone that wants to do that and, and giving giving all their money to, to the people that are quite happy to just basically keep playing the stuff that they were playing years ago. It's just a shame, man. And it's not a criticism per se of the people that are doing that because, you know what, they're getting bookings, they're getting paid for doing it. Like, they ain't broke. Don't try to fix it. Like, if you're paying your bills with it, like, do you know what I mean? Fair play. But like, it just, it's a shame to me because it doesn't have to be like that. And I, and I don't understand 
how it came to be like that. Like you wouldn't get away with that in in other genres, like drum and bass. Like it doesn't fucking happen in drum and bass. Yeah, you've got your you your sort of vintage DJs, and you've got like your your people who turn up and do the jungle nights and still play some of the old jungle. But like in general terms, look at that scene. Look at the look at the flyers. They're constantly evolving. There's constantly new names, and they're coming through. And like. You know, but if you've got promoters that shaft them people like in like in this email, it's hardly hardly surprised really. What I would say to Mr. Anonymous in the email is unfortunately it's not only um it's not only the promoters doing it either, it's it's certain labels and um you know, I am I'm, I'm lucky that I'm working with a couple of really decent labels at the moment. So um not gonna sort of mention any names, but I have had my fingers burnt in the past with labels who had the the same level of of respect and appreciation for for producers as these promoters do for the the djs um so it's i don't know it's just the bitter twisted sorry side of the world that we would like to pretend doesn't exist but you know it's it's difficult it's like one of the last gigs i played i haven't played that for god knows how long now because i just because i can't spend time dealing with these sorts of promoters to to build the i can't build a relationship with people that are like that but I, I played. I, I got. I got the booking for this gig, um, because I was collaborating with this brand, and, and then I was like, okay, am, am I going to get paid? And he's like, what you want to get paid? And I'm like, oh come on, mate. Like I know I'm. You're putting me on as an opener, but it's like at least give me fifty quid for petrol. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, that's all I really want. And. And he and like and I think he was flabbergasted that I've asked. He's like, I thought you wanted me to help you to, to put you out there. And it's like it's that same thing. It's like exposure, fucking paying like playing for exposure is not a real thing. It's the, there's a whole choosing beggars scene of people talking about exposure. You can't put exposure in the fucking bank, um, and it's insulting. Yeah. Like when you know as well they're filling this thing and they've sold tickets and you know how many people are in there. You know what they're banking like, and they can't give you like a small slice of that to, 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 to spend for the, for your time that you spent in there. And yeah, off the back, yeah. when I was doing that gig, one of my, one of the biggest compliments I'm ever like, I've, I can ever be played is like, if someone like asked for my SoundCloud or someone come up to me when I was in the middle of it, I just dropped a tune and they've come up and they've said, have you got a track list for this? That was like how much they were feeling what I was playing. And I was playing all, all new stuff. Um, you know, and it's like, and I walked out of there, and it's like, oh, was you feeling that? And he's like, oh, yeah, man, that was like awesome. I really, really enjoyed that. But then it's like, I got my fifty quid from my petrol. Never heard from them again because they they yeah, don't want someone yeah. that they, that wants money. They want someone they can walk over because it's just it's they want to pocket it. Oh, it's so cynical, man. It, yeah. It's really heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And that's why I've always said that in this game, if you want to build something, you've normally you've got to build it on your own. Like, and you know. If I wasn't an old fart with commitments and bills and stuff, I'd I'd try and do that. But I'm so far past that now. I haven't got the time or the passion to put into it. All I want to do is spend time with my good friend Robbie Phoenix and moan about things. Um, <laughs> I am okay in, in the in the vein of moaning. We're, we're we're running well long, so I want to fly through this last bit of feedback before we close this down. Um, I've been putting out the episodes of this podcast early on my patreon so i have a patreon for my radio show it's uh, patreon.com slash mr brains um i'm not it's not a shameless plug it's just it's there and the people that um give me money every month uh, get early access to this a, a few days um uh, via that patreon and we've been getting comments on there so this is um a comment from one of my patrons over in oz uh, by the name of podgy big up podgy 
Um, and he he was commenting on the last episode, and he said that he, we uh, come in with an awesome follow up to the pilot episode. So thank you very much for that feedback. Um, he had some highlights there. Um, phonetics breaking breaking the rules. Cheers for that, Rob. <laughs> Um, and he said he enjoyed me grumbling um, about artists switching their styles under the same name. And he, he wanted to give an idea for, for a new segment, Grumbles, Gripes and Grievances, which is interesting. It's an interesting concept. <laughs> um, but yeah, big, big up, big up, Pudge. He said that overall it's um, a positive and happy vibe and, and this could throw some balance in. Um, Thank you for that. Uh, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to go and create a, a Grumbles, Gripes and Grievances specific section because I think there's going to be a, enough Grumbles going in we're going to try and keep the balance natural we we're not going to be yes men um but, but i mean to be fair we we just had a good grumble there didn't we so i yeah. think i think i think podgy with all respect i think you're opening pandora's box by asking me and greg to to moan about things because if you <laughs> if we if we were deliberately doing that this podcast would be about four hours wouldn't it just us oh, moaning just, and whinging about anything and everything yeah <laughs> the, the grumpy old garage gets podcast would be rebranded to or something along that lines um, but yeah but but big up to uh to, to the aussie gang um also i want to shout out crocodile done though which uh was a phrase that David Donkdown coin to big up Crocodile Dunno out there in Oz. Um, yeah, so to maximum respect for that. And thank you so much for the feedback. Um, thank you, Mr. Anonymous. We have we've had other feedback as well. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can hit us up on, on the social channels. Um, we're at in the UK garage across all the things. Or you can also email us um, feedback at in the UK garage.com. Uh, this is available to subscribe across all of the usual fancy podcast platforms through technical wizardry. And uh, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun chatting with you again once again, Rob. Thanks uh, thanks for that. Mate. Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. It's all good. Get to get to have a moan and hear some new tunes. Can't, I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. That's it. Good. What a way to spend a Sunday evening, eh? <laughs> um, cool. I guess that's it then. We can shut this bad boy down until next time, eh? Um, Indeed, please, mate. Yeah, take please, it easy. Uh, yeah, take it easy. Hit us up on the socials, and uh, until next time. We will catch you again. Peace out. Layers.